With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. You probably noticed last podcast and also on the posting for questions today on Instagram, we have a GoFundMe going now, not because we honestly, not because we need anything. We are very, very right, blessed to right. do this show, and you guys right. are amazing and, and great supporters. But our patrons had a crazy idea for how we should do a crazy idea we had, which is yes, buying yes. these ridiculous old sedans. They used to be very expensive. Now they're very cheap. Uh, so that actually leads me to a question, hmm. and I should probably jump right into a question. We do okay. have a great podcast. We've got two good car debates coming up, a ton of really amazing questions. I had another situation where I only marked ones that were paragraphs long. <laughs> but uh, there is yeah. a question here, and that somebody asked – I've got to find it here – The what we intend to do with these cars. More specifically, are we going to do YouTube content? Here it is. I am not Sean Clark asked on Instagram, are we going to do YouTube content around the potential – I'm going to say potential because it isn't real yet. Yes, the XJR I, I and the possible that. cheap Phaeton. The, the pictures we have posted are not cars we have yet. No, they not are at all. Just stock photography yes. of pictures we found yes. of the cars. It's yes. just a representative representation. So that's if it's just the idea. If with your help we're able to do the initial outgo of purchasing these cars, we'll eventually give them back to you. By the way, but if with your help we're able <laughs> to do the initial outgo, we have a couple of TV shoot TV related shoots planned that we will try to execute whichever one we can related to those cars mm-hmm. and something new. However, the purchasing process, the drive them home process, the oh my gosh this is broken process, all of that will be documented on YouTube. They would have regular <laughs> YouTube updates. Because that, to us, is a big part of the gag. We are not doing that because of the, I'm going to call it this way, the current disease slash scourge on YouTube, which is, I bought the worst fill-in-the-blank right. in no, the country. No, that's not the point. No. It was, it's been bubbling, I think, longer than that. Because you've talked about Phaetons actually for over a decade, interestingly. And I've talked about cheap Phaetons since we started and, the podcast. Exactly. Yes, for sure. So it's been bubbling a long time, but there was never actually an outlet for it. A cheap Phaeton by true, itself true. is a cheap Phaeton. But yeah. what if it were paired alongside, yeah, totally. actually, in the same model years, mm-hmm. a competitor over here that is essentially yes. the same yes. kind of thing a luxury car that is stupid cheap and doesn't <laughs> run and hopefully less of the it's Fright- broken part of the videos cheap. yeah well, well here's the thing you and i are not wrenchers either so no, it's we're, not we're, we're not, not looking for cars that sit in the garage and we can show you th- what we built this week no we didn't ls no. swap it none it's of that no is happening it's just an ls but Really, the discussion point for us here is a combination of, and you can see how some of this is TV and some of this isn't, how does this old luxury car compare to a new luxury car? That's more the TV episode side. But the other side of it is these cars are cheap now, comparatively. I mean, air quotes here. They are cheap now. Should you even consider buying one? Legitimately. So, and, and I feel like oh, one of the yeah. reasons this is so successful on YouTube right now, the old I bought the worst whatever in the country, is because there's this voyeurism with YouTube. You want to watch somebody else suffer. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we, we don't want to suffer. We want to genuinely drive these cars, like be surprised by them. The Ragnar race for cars. It's just people <laughs> signing up once a year to go suffer inexplicably. The number of people I know – sorry, Ragnar t- tangent. Well done, by the way. The number of people <laughs> I know is. that sign up for Ragnar and do that every year that are not in shape is astounding. 
That's what I'm saying. It's if just you don't, if you don't know what Ragnar is, it is. I a, want some pain. Have you, have you ever heard of the Leadville 100? It is a step down from that. Leadville 100 yeah. is one of the hardest races in the world. Foot races. You run 100 miles around Leadville, Colorado, at like 10,000 feet on purpose. And, I want to add yes, on for sure. purpose. You chose because marathons are not enough. So that's yeah. that's a single thing. The Ragnar race is one of the world's roughest relays, and you do it's like two three hundred miles with your team of twelve people. And you can pick the segments that you're going to run. And most people will end up running the equivalent of a marathon over a 24-hour period. But it is a 24-hour go-as-fast-as-you-can race. But what I have seen at Ragnar is you do have the like the cross-country guys, the mm-hmm. cross-country teams that sure. do it. And they kill everybody. And it's a, it's a relay. And they're moving. But you also have it. I know lots of people in Salt Lake that do the one here. Yeah, yeah. I'm way off on a Ragnar tangent. <laughs> that are not athletes otherwise. They aren't. They're not. Uh, nothing about them is athletes. <laughs> Just pull the pin on the grenade, roll it into the room. Seriously. Here, talk about this now. Exactly. But, but they get all of their family and friends together once a year and they do Ragnar and I was actually getting on my bike this summer when they did it. I was actually at one of the stations okay, where they were okay. doing it. I don't think, even think I told you this. I was at a place where I was getting on my mountain bike and I was 100 <laughs> yards from one of the transfer stations. Also random, right? You were you were not there for anything no, no, no. Ragnar related. I just I just was getting on my bike the weekend they were doing Ragnar to go on a ride. Okay, okay? and right. a hundred yards from me was one of the transfer stations. Mm. So of course, all the vans are in that parking lot over there. I'm oh, over here. Yes. All the vans in that parking lot over there, and people are cheering and people are doing. And it, don't, please don't get me wrong. There's an accomplishment there, and it's very cool. Absolutely. But what it's made me laugh is I'm, it's I'm, great I'm like putting on my helmet, about to leave, and this guy runs past me, breathing hard trying to fix the music on his phone. <laughs> Whatever, right? yes. Breathing hard, already starting to sweat. And I can see he's come 100 yards. <laughs> the lowest the lowest like sections on a Ragnar race are three, four miles. Okay? Yeah, right, right. And I actually heard him say as he rounded the corner past me, oh, man, this hurts already. He was out of shape. <laughs> he was just, he was 100 yards in. I just thought, dude, I just, you don't have to do this once a year. You really don't. I'll drive the van. <laughs> I mean, I love mountain biking and exercise. Yes, We're all for totally. it. We're all for an active yes. lifestyle. But that just has always struck me as, what, really? Well, but I think the, the problem that I have with it is the chasm of, of, of talent. You do have the people that, like, yes, you, you go do amazing, Ragnar. And that's, maybe it's training. Maybe they're using it as a training maybe. exercise, and that's fine, whatever. There are the folks where it's, you go do Ragnar, and you will kill us all. Then there's the other end of the spectrum where it's just like, I'm not sure you got off the couch between last year's Ragnar and this one. <laughs> and that just boggles me. But maybe maybe there's bonding there. I don't understand. Bonding and suffering. I don't know what that is. All right. So back to Can this we do challenge. Cars, yes, maybe? Back to cars? this big sedan challenge. Yes. It's part of uh, on the website, the everydaydriver.com website. You can go up to the top bar there and click the GoFundMe to find out more about our intentions. And again, to reiterate, this has been an idea from you. We've been bantering about... And then finally, we, these two cars popped in our heads and yeah, without yeah, yeah. You know, a whole stack of extra cash to go produce all the films and things that we want to do. Some folks on Discord said, well, what if you started a GoFundMe? To get the cars. To yeah. get the cars. Yeah, yeah. And then they actually get, you know, go back to you guys. You mm-hmm. know, for sure. We'll, for sure. We'll receive these cars once we've created all the content after a while. So look for more information on that. We would love it if you can contribute. It is not a life or death situation. We will continue to produce a lot of content and get in a lot of cars <laughs> yes, and, if yeah. this doesn't happen. Yeah, I want to make that none clear. Of this, none of this stops the, everything else we do. seasons are not yeah. hinged on this. It's a yeah. fun idea because when else would you consider these and mm-hmm, you think, mm-hmm. well, should I? And this is representative of a lot of cars of that era. Of for sure. The luxury sure. car is super cheap, honey. Should we, uh, hmm, what should we do? So I want to make, sh- make yeah. that all and, very And I clear. think this directly relates to our first car debate, which is Jared. Because mm-hmm. one of the things interesting about Jared's list here, and, I, and we'll tell his story further, but the biggest thing that caught my eye here is he's spending 10K and the car has to be at least 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Pretty fun. 
Pretty fun. I can't wait to dive into that. I've got a little bit of news before we dive in here. I have now seen that Jaguar is offering cash to switch to an iPace if you're a Tesla owner. You've got to be a prior Tesla owner or an already a Tesla come owner, on. but come, come on, on over, buy our iPace. Uh, okay. Uh, we would like to get into an iPace. We've yeah, bandied yeah, yeah. about some ideas about doing so, so we have not driven one quite yet, but... Uh, just the fact that any car manufacturer is trying to, you know, dangle the carrot and say, come they're, on over to our side. They're fantastic looking. They really are. I, I think that's a weird incentive program. I mean, in my mind. <laughs> For in, anything in any category, yeah, it's weird. In, in my mind, you're going after the wrong category. The people that have a Tesla aren't looking to move. They just don't. They just aren't. <laughs> honestly. Honestly. And I think it, it should be more interesting if they figured out some other group that they could get into electric car with an incentive. Mm-hmm. Because if you're in a Tesla, you're probably not going to Jaguar. Right. I mean, or like, just come on over based on the merits alone of the car, of the product we sell. You would hope. You would hope. I, but is I that think, a weird thing to I think, think that that's way? A weird, I think that's a weird category. But I mean, like, you know, former Jaguar owners or, you know, mm-hmm. people that would buy it. What is the SUV? The, they feel like the exact Jaguar I-Pace competitor that is gasoline-driven. Give those folks mm-hmm. an incentive. Because I think I think it's much more interesting to incentivize people, if you're going to do that, into an electric because they're not already interested in an electric. I don't think your Tesla buyer's moving. I just don't think they maybe, are. Maybe. Maybe. I, I, I think it's a weird program to be able to do that. But I yeah. think, you yeah. know, if you want a different experience but you're still electric and you've already tried Tesla, yeah. that might appeal. I think that could... I just don't, there, I don't feel like if you're already an acolyte and you're already, you know, you've got the Tesla tattoo somewhere on your body already, then you're pretty much sold. And I get that. I've, I feel like that's, most that. Tesla owners, they only want to buy a Tesla mm-hmm. and they have a Tesla. They don't want anything else. And so I think once that's happened, I, I don't know. That's a weird program. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with that. And then another piece of news coming out of, uh, well, Monterey Car Week is upon us. Yes, it is. If you were going to be there, unfortunately, we are not. Uh, we'll be actually still doing a lot of work on uh, various other stuff at home. shooting. Yeah. So we would love to be there. I think right now, at this point, it's an every other year kind of adventure probably, for us. Yeah, probably. But we want to be there. Of course, there's going to be a ton of stuff coming out. And one kind of striking piece of news was from Acura, whose cars we have really noticed mm-hmm, increasingly. Mm-hmm. It's the Type S concept, which is apparently the precursor to the next TLS type S and rescue pet motorsports. Our friend said thoughts on the Acura type S design concept. Does the design suggest Mm -hmm. rear wheel drive? Well, you've got to keep in mind the brand ethos that Acura changed themselves into, I don't know, 15 years ago, at least now. And is they wanted to differentiate themselves by becoming all wheel drive. Yeah. And then they came out with SH all wheel drive, the super handling all wheel drive. No, it is not a marketing gimmick. And yes, it actually works. Mm -hmm, Every mm -hmm. Acura Todd and I are in continually is surprising in terms of handling. It just we're thinking, uh, yeah, totally. this should be heavy, and you should feel the weight of the all-wheel drive mm-hmm, system, and mm-hmm. it should be clunky, and it's not. It's crisp and brilliant and amazing, and we really like it. So probably not. I'm guessing SH all-wheel drive is going to continue on that car, be, yeah. too. But yeah. wow, I love what they're mm-hmm. doing. Actually, surging yeah. in in design and all that stuff. So I'm excited for it, too. But and this has that. We'll see what comes with all the other concepts. We have yet yeah. to uh, see everything coming out of Monterey weekend, but I know it's going to be nuts. This has that nice 
close to production look. It doesn't look like crazy concept where you go, that's nice. Thanks for showing us something that doesn't <laughs> yeah, exist. This right. looks close enough to their current product like Subaru line. Subaru does? Yes, that thing. <laughs> this looks close enough to their current product line that you could actually go, okay, we could do something mm-hmm. close to what you're showing me here. I love it when it looks like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's got to be crisp and you know, got to bring buyers back. I love that it's a car too and not an SUV concept. I really like that's that novel. part. Yeah, that's novel. All right, jumping into the debate with Jared, who's... Uh, Debate, the the encompassing cliff notes are that it must be old. Whatever I get must be old. <laughs> I know. I'm wondering. Jared what? doesn't say where he's writing us from. I don't get the sense we don't that he's know. in the U.S. Yes, we don't he's, know. He's somewhere else. Uh, based on a couple little clues here, he's clearly somewhere else. And he wants uh, 25 years old or, or older <laughs> or for older. registration and insurance concessions. He has, this is interesting, he has a 1983 Toyota Corolla AE86. Mm-hmm. That is the car, let's be honest, that the current Toyota 86 is looking back at. Sure, sure. Okay, the old drift car. That yeah. is the car it's looking back at. And he was all set to get himself a new Toyota 86, which seems like a nice little bit of synergy there. You think? And then life changes, and they want to buy a house. And he realizes, this is the thing I find fascinating, he realizes that Corolla, did you put this together like this? That Corolla that he has, the AE86, because of what it is, mm-hmm. it's probably worth about 10 grand, uh, 20 grand. Sorry, probably worth about 20 grand. But he now drives it and goes, this car to me isn't worth 20 grand. It's not that good a driving experience sure, anymore, which sure. is fascinating. He knows its market value, and he's realizing that to him it isn't <laughs> worth that much. So it's time to sell that. That gets interesting. I mean, you've got to buy a house. I had to buy a deck. I get it. Life intervenes. Life yeah. We've got to spend money where we don't want to, you know, like kitchen remodel yeah. or bathroom remodel. So his budget is under 10K. Well, 10K or under as much as possible. Manual, purely for fun. He says it will be taken to shops, driven to work, mm-hmm. to vintage car shows, weekend coffees in the hills, and tracked a couple times a year. Okay. And he also says a very crucial line here. He can do pretty well any maintenance that needs doing, and he can do it himself. Uh oh. That is the hinge, the linchpin okay. for everything that I'm going to suggest to you. All right, all right, good. Well, maybe except for one, but good, good. he's been looking at the NA, the first gen MX five, the Clubman, factory limited slip, same one point liter from the N B Miata. Mm-hmm. He says those around seven to ten grand. Yeah. Good good choice. Can't go wrong. Then he goes off into the weeds with a Peugeot 205 GTI, and he says, I've driven one. I really liked it, but they're getting pricey. (laughs) One of the things that tells me he's not here, but yes. (laughs) He's had a supercharged AW11 Toyota MR2. He says they're a pain to work on and sometimes hard to get parts. Mm. T-tops leaked, as T-tops do. Sometimes they do, yes. It's fun to drive. Have we got any more cars he should consider? Has he given himself his own sniper shot with a MX-5? I think it's an excellent starting point. It's an it excellent is a one. logical, it's an excellent one. Yes. usual suspects kind of starting point. Yes, I agree with all of that. But then I kind of went into the weeds. Did you? I, right. I've got a list of cars for you to consider, mainly not necessarily to go drive, but to get you thinking. To think, well, what can I go get for ten grand that's old? Hmm, okay. And it'll be fun. Right. I do not recommend track time for a lot of these cars because they might just crumble into dust. I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. Because they're old. Perfect. I'm not sure. So I thought, huh, here's my starting point. Lancia Delta Integrale Evo 2. Whoa. Those are actually super expensive, it turns out. I was going to say, I, that, there's no way you're touching one. You could walk by one for 10 grand. <laughs> exactly. Hi, can I just walk by your car, please? Here's 10 exactly. grand. However, yeah. Lancia Scorpions, also known as Monte Carlos in the U.S., are not expensive. Okay. Built from 1975 to 78 and also 1980 to 81, they're a pin for you in a design. You can enter it in an Italian design show. 
Interesting. Because Pinfrina okay. Design, they were the foundation for that Rally 037 Group B car that it's so special and amazing. But those are kind of cool. They're kind of interesting. Yeah. But that line about wrenching skills? Going to need it. Going to need it. Yep. Okay, so I kept going with, you know, 986 Porsche Boxsters. Those are 10 grand. As a matter of fact, Todd and I shot a TV episode that compared 10 enough, grand cars. That was my concern. I had that's, it on my list, and I thought, That's why it? I oh. thought, all right, moving on from there. But in that category, Alpha Spiders, MG BGTs, Lotus mm-hmm, Europas, mm-hmm. and Porsche 914s and BMW 2002s. All of the above. All about 10 grand. Yeah, yeah. It just wasn't weird enough and quirky enough for me. <laughs> You're in this weird, quirky place. It makes me laugh. Okay, you like it. <laughs> so, Jared, I thought, are you a JDM candidate? Okay. For right-hand drive. Now, we don't know where on the planet you are. Maybe you are already in a country that is right-hand drive cars. So what about a Nissan Skyline GTS for like eight grand? Hmm. Or, you know, the ABCs of K cars. We've driven the AutoZam AZ1, <laughs> the Suzuki Cappuccino, and then there's the Honda Beat. You're right. Tiny, weird. Right. I can't imagine track time in a Beat. I, I can't. But I'd a be, Cappuccino would be cool. Cappuccino, possibly. Somebody shrank my Miata. Yeah, that's what happened there. But if you do, Japanese classics, and then our friend Adam at Sotomoto, he's got a 95 Toyota Celica uh, CT4 right-hand drive of 50,000 miles for 10.5. Hmm. I could track that. Okay. All right. And drive. And I thought, all right, 95. That's like 24 years old, but maybe it was built in 94, sold as a 20 or a 95. So therefore, you're it's, pushing it. I love it. Right under the wire. I love it. Went looking for 95 Mitsubishi 3000 GTs for somewhere in the 10 range, and you mm-hmm. can find them. You can also find 88 Mazda RX-7s. And um, <clears throat> then it, it's one, two, two more cars here. Okay. All right. A weird choice, but it's eclectic and cool. Okay, like it. And then I'm going to pull you back to the car I think you should buy. You remember the Brazilian and now South African Pumas that were built from 64 mm, to 95? Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. And I'm suggesting a 1980 Puma GTE or a little bit later GTI. These were powered by Volkswagen engines, so heck, it's a it's like a Volkswagen bug engine in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they're pretty cool looking mid-rear engine, and I'm not sure, again, how much you'd want to track that thing because, you know, it'll just crumble into breadcrumbs. Possibly, yeah. And I also found the North American Puma Register hasn't actually been updated for 10 years. <clears throat> so you're saying they're getting a lot of new people not in that world. Not a huge club in that one. Yeah, not, definitely not, yeah. But for ten grand, 25 years old, a car you can do everything with, it'll run. And that is a C4 Corvette. A 94. there. With the 350 yeah, LT1 yeah, yeah. motor and a manual transmission, I found you one for $9,900. Mm-hmm. I'd say get a ZR1 if you can, but I doubt you can. But I don't think his price is going to So how about yeah. a six-speed manual, yeah. 350, yeah. LT1, C4. This one's in blue, gorgeous, 94. It's exactly 25 years old. Interesting. I wondered about that. I actually did not put it on my list. I'm glad that you did, though, because I, I do agree with that. That's interesting. I had a few to kind of wonder through. The 25 okay. years old thing is the big tripping point. It's got to be old. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, S2000. No, not old enough. Yeah. yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Started in 99. Not old enough. Crazy. You know, first gen Boxster. Not old it enough. Feel, so we, Those cars feel that way. Like they they'd feel be eligible, like they're but they're still old, not. But they're still not. So mm-hmm. we got to go back, essentially, like you just discovered. You've got to go early 90s and before. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Yeah. I have to say, what RX-7 can you get? Do you want to go rotary? Do you want to play in the world of the RX-7? You know, I, I'm asking <laughs> Again, the question. Again, with that maintenance line, I can do maintenance. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, there is that question. Uh, the the FD RX-7 is in a weird spot. I feel mm-hmm. like that, and that's the one from the early 90s that is gorgeous and very nice. 
The problem is I feel like you can find really beat down ones for cheap, but they may never run. Or the really nice ones are starting yeah. to go up. And I think we don't want a project car for Jared. I, I agree. I agree. We don't so, want you to yeah. find the greatest deal on the thing that needs yeah. a lot of time yeah, yeah. and money at it, you know, thrown at it. So then I have to wonder about other things of that era and also older. While I'm there, Porsche 944. Yeah, all day long. Get actually. one of those. I'm sure it'll need a little bit of love, but I don't think it's going to need like let's start over kind of love. So you know, and since since you can work on it, find yourself a 944 turbo if possible. Now the turbos aren't as reliable, but and they're also a little more expensive, but they're just fun in general. Mm-hmm. And while I'm at 944, that takes me here, Datsun 240 or 260. Nice, nice. And then you could jump to early 90s, the Nissan 240SX. Sure. Which is now, if you can find one that isn't already somebody's beat down drift car, because that's where most of them I was going to say, you better learn how to drift because you're going to, I think you have to learn. If you own one of those cars, you're now obligated to go drift with it. <laughs> weld, weld the diff and buy some Chinese tires. This is the exactly. message for the day. Exactly. So, but, but tied together. But those cars, exactly, those cars are great to drive and they are in the 944 idea, but yet more reliable because they're a Nissan 240 and off you go. Right. So, the older ones, the the seventies, early eighties, two forty, two sixties from Datsun, yeah, yeah. or the nineties Nissan two forty SX. Either of the above, I really like. I have to say it because it's close to my heart. The uh, early nineties three hundred ZX probably can't get a twin turbo for your money, but, but you could get naturally aspirated. naturally aspirated all day long for yeah. your money. Five speed on that, genuinely fun to drive. Not a powerhouse, but you know what? That car can handle cruising. It can handle tracking. You're back to T-tops. Be careful. You might be able to find a slick top. <laughs> that's true. That, and the, those cool, are out actually. there, too. So uh, you, if cool. you can find a twin turbo that's running for your budget, that is in good shape for your budget, snatch that car up because I think those cars are on their way back up. Mm-hmm. But Because uh, tw- twin turbo is is the play. It is the play. That's it, it what is. I'd like to have. But generally, the ones you're finding that you want to, at least I'm finding here, because, yes, I am looking, 15 to 20. I'm <laughs> not course. buying, but I am looking. I can't help myself. So there's that. Uh, I did say 944. I should also mention Porsche 914. You want to go quirky? Yeah, 914's on my list. I know. For I know. Sure, I love that sure. you had that on your list because I think that's a good quirky one. And my last one, also in the quirky category, plenty old enough. I can't speak to the reliability of these, even though we have a couple people that listen to the show that drive them. Fiat X19. Oh, good. You don't see those. If you're going to you go don't. to cars and coffee or run, run to get errands or just go be with car people, Fiat X19, you're the only one there. Okay? That's true. I feel pretty That's confident true. about that. Now, I can't speak to the reliability, but, but one of the people that wrote us about buying one is taller than we are. Uh huh. So right, they right. are one of those surprising cars, mid engine, decent space, they're cheap to buy. I don't know how the availability of parts, but it is something very different than what you've had already, and they're out there. Jared, I want to throw one consideration at you, and that is windshields. For anything that you buy, <laughs> if it gets a rock ding, if it gets a crack, it's not like modern cars with, hey, I can just buy their OEM glass mm-hmm. and get the replacement. Is it hard to find? They might not be, whatever yeah, that yeah. is. I just want you to be careful of that. Our friend Hal B has an X19, and he went shopping for X19 windshields lately. Mm-hmm. He said, they're kind of available, but it's still not like you know a Camry windshield. Well, think about that. Gotta be careful. AutoZam AZ1 we drove. Yeah. As we were leaving the garage, we were told, uh, just, just so you know, guys, be careful of rock chips. The windshield is $3,000. Yeah. $3,000. And keep in mind, this is two-thirds of the size of a real car. Uh-huh. It's not even like we bought... <laughs> bought a big piece of glass. We just bought a rare piece of glass, exactly. three grand. So with all this, Jared, please let us know what you buy. We want you to get into something that is 
not feeling like a lemons car. We don't want you to feel like, oh, man, I just came away with a lemons race car beater. But we want you to have something nice. Ten grand is that kind of gray area. It depends on the car. Yeah, you can yeah. probably find something pretty nice, reliable, hopefully fun to work on, and just great to drive for a good price. But yet it's not a lemons beater over here. So hopefully that works. And if you've got your own car debate, let us know. TV at gmail.com. We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately, you can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more, or you can jump to Auto Trader or Car Gurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. Autotempest.com has got you covered there all at once. Autotempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Autotempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need. So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, Autotempest.com is your place to start. We're all looking for great driving roads, and we've even tried to share and list some of them along the way. But now there's an app that can help anyone worldwide mark, share, and find the best roads everywhere. Driveline is the world's first social driving app. It allows you to easily record and classify your favorite road, and you can mark great pit stops, record and attach video, and you can create pins with photos to share. It's the first sharing and social driving app. You can follow people that drive interesting roads, see what they're driving. You can search an area you've never driven before. And if you find a route you like, you just hit drive it and get guided to the beginning of your new favorite road. You can even earn points and patches for your activities on the app, which build towards actual car giveaways. As the community grows, Driveline will be giving away cars to members, and your posting and drives earn you points to win. We've never seen anything like this, and we love the combination of community and great drives. You can get in early right now and shape the app and the community. So download Driveline to your phone today. Start sharing your favorite roads, meeting other drivers, and finding a new route for your next adventure. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors, and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com. Or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We've all got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance to that list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, yes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing you do today. We're back with Michaela writing to us from Dallas, Texas. Hello in Texas. So we've got a lot of people actually listen in Dallas. It's we do. Good. And we the do. reason is it relates directly back to what Michaela is asking about. Dallas has a lot of commuting. My wife's from Dallas. I've been to Dallas many times. There's a lot of I'm currently sitting in traffic. Houston, Dallas, these are big markets for us because I, I yeah. feel you. You're sitting in traffic in yep. Texas. I, you don't say where you moved from, but Michaela recently moved to Dallas 
She has an old Mini Cooper S that she loves and has driven for seven years, but she's rethinking everything, and now <laughs> she's come to us. Well, she says she's getting a little tired of the constant maintenance in Oops. this Cooper S. Thanks. The inability to take more than one passenger with her. Okay. And the fact she has to take both wheels off her road bike to transport it to races. So hmm. she is a cyclist, and she needs some space to mm-hmm. probably lock up the bike, a few more folks, some gear. Yep. You probably get the idea of what I'm already thinking. But first of all, she's not enjoying the standard transmission, the manual, as much as she used to when she mm-hmm. didn't spend all of her time and stop and go. Of course. Ouch. Yeah, of course you're not. But she wants something that still has that feel. Sporty mm-hmm. to drive, nimble, quick, small, and can fit the bike with at yeah, least one wheel. Part. Can I just leave one wheel still on the bike and then <laughs> shove the rest of the bike in the back? Help me out Please. a little bit here. Help me out some. So it's got to have that same fun factor, she says. Her budget is somewhere between 30 and 40 grand, and her husband drives a 17-year-old Ford F-150. We'll also need a new car soon. <laughs> Michaela, please write to us when he's ready to go. Send us a car debate. That's funny. And by the way, for all of you listening, you can also, if you buy something, and then you're getting something different in a few years or whatever, you can write to us again. It's we, okay. It, it's awesome how bombarded we are by these emails. Thank <laughs> you for is. them, by the way. And I, yeah, a quick reminder, sure. it is at the email address, everydaydrivertv at gmail, or you can hit the contact button right there there under the sponsors uh, about and sponsors and contact it's all in the same place on our website everydaydriver.com you can yep. contact us there as well we would prefer if you send the car debates there instead of responding to social media asking for questions and give us a card that's not really what that's for that's the kind of the quick questions right before we record we're getting to questions because there's tons of them because you guys are awesome with those too but we're trying to separate the worlds to like two different funnels here <laughs> yes, so thank yes. you for writing in the car debates it's very helpful all right so you probably could you know, here my wheels turning here. Yeah. Kind of where I'm going. I'm thinking wagony kinds of things. Michaela, I thought about a GTI because mm-hmm. that's kind of the starting point for any I idea. Yeah. You know, fold the seats down, get some mm-hmm. space in the back, have some yeah. people. It's yeah, still yeah. nimble, fun, all those sorts of things. Could you get a new GTI? I mean, for your budget, you could go get a brand new one. Could yeah, that work is my for question. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Could you? Yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully you can... You know, turn the bike sideways and angle it and wedge it in and the front wheel comes off and you could probably get it in there. This is my big question. Stopping real quick here on the bike because I don't know. Like my bike, you and I were laughing about it recently. We we mounted both our bikes on the back of your truck. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I went to an extra large frame when I got my new bike last year. Right, right. My bike is probably three or four inches longer than your bike and your bike is big. Mine's also an XL. Yes, but your frame design actually—I am the this front big, rake is—it's like, it's like I bought a lowrider. It's weird. Yeah, I'm this Geometry's huge different. bike. Yeah, and so the the other thing about it is how big is your bike? You you don't tell us. I have no way of knowing. You might be that person, and you know what? Don't apologize for it if you need to. You may need to take your bike car shopping. <laughs> because I can't speak to how big your bike is and how well it fits in things. You know, maybe you can look at a car and tell, but I think you genuinely might need to take your bike car shopping. You could do that with pets. You could do that with your dogs. For take sure. Take your dog's car shopping. Absolutely. And your baby seats. Take your baby seats The shopping. car seats are huge, but honestly, I think the bike, if, it's, that's, if that's a big consideration, what you transport, and this is the thing about getting it uh, in there without taking both wheels off, take your bike car shopping. Because only you know how big your bike is. Anyway, go on. I like that. Michaela, there is one side note that I want to offer here, and that is a hitch. 
a hitch can be installed by mm-hmm. most places. U-Haul do it. A lot of different places will do a yeah, small yeah. trailer hitch. Not for trailers, but specifically for the hitch-mounted bike rack, Absolutely. which Todd and I yeah. have fallen in love yeah, with. Yeah, they're great. They're wonderful. It keeps it on the outside of the car, but most of them have cables to lock up your bike. So you mm-hmm. thread it through the frame and you know the front wheel, mm-hmm. and then you know once you click it shut, it's actually everything's locked to your car. And that way, you still have interior space. It's yes. hanging off the back of your car. There's different designs. They go vertical in the back. There's you know horizontal mm-hmm. sideways mm-hmm. across the back of your car. That is a consideration. And when you're not cycling, you pull the hitch rack off, store it in your garage. Yeah, there's a small hitch still underneath, but whatever. As a matter of fact, we have uh, a fan of the show right here in Park City who has a brand new BMW M2 competition and did that very thing. Mm -hmm. It is the only Long Beach Blue M2 competition with a hitch. In Park City. <laughs> when that car goes by with a bike on the back, I'm like, oh, there, there went Greg. Yep. It's not anybody, there's no chance anybody. It's like me and the crazy yellow lotus. Exactly. Like, there's Todd. Yeah. Exactly. We, in fact, it reminds me, we were at our track day recently. We were having a meeting afterwards. Somebody said, the guy in the yellow lotus and the guy right at the track day went, Todd. Yeah, I mean, it, it's that kind <laughs> exactly. of thing. It's just, exactly. yeah, anyway, yeah. So what you can also do is go bike rack shopping mm-hmm. and decide, how do I want to transport the bike on the outside of my car? Because mm-hmm. I get it, the, the tall roof rack, sometimes you can't fit into parking garages and you got to be careful about overpasses. But where do you want to store? Maybe it's on the outside of the car and you can still lock it up. And that kind of frees up your choices for Mm -hmm. cars. But back to the car choices about putting the bike inside the car if you want to completely lock it up and have, you know, full, fine aerodynamics. I was thinking GTI, but you know what a stretched GTI is? The car that's going away out of Volkswagen's lineup Mm. is the VW Golf All-Track or the Golf Sport Wagon. Yeah, yeah. Brand true, new. These are true. 27, 28. Fully loaded, you're still under 30. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the all-track is designed to kind of be a fun, sporty wagon. Yeah. You yeah, just yeah, don't for sure. see those yeah. for sale anymore. An available they're... manual if you wanted, but yes. I don't know that you do. Yeah. Exactly. They are available manual. However, I'm going to spend some money for you. Oh, good. <clears> All right. Excellent. I think you need to go to your Volvo dealer and snuggle up to your Volvo dealer. Easy. Easy. Michaela's married. Be careful. <laughs> I'm just saying... Because the V60 Momentum, the okay. brand right. new Volvo V60 wagon, starts at 40K. Hmm, now, okay. up from there, it obviously gets more expensive, but I want you to go experience a car that you will love being in when you're commuting. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it's got a nice large boot on the back for does, your yeah. bike. It does, yeah. But then that led me to something slightly, slightly cheaper, also with a Volvo dealer. It's an SUV. It's the XC40. And I think this kind of has the mini Clubman kind of feel in a, mm, in a okay. little way, a small yeah, way. I see, I see it a little bit. Even little though bit. your ride height is higher and your mm-hmm. taller sensor, center of gravity, yeah. you can fold the seats down in, you know, get your bike in, no problem. But I love the character and personality of the XC40. It felt fresh and bright and yeah, fun. I see it. I see it. They're automatic. The interface is brilliant. The interior feels like a far more expensive car than you would ever expect, mm-hmm, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And they start at 33, so by the time you're done, 35, 38, brand new, you might be able to find one slightly used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look at both of these. First of all, the V60 wagon, and then second of all, the XC40, and drive mm-hmm. both of them. Okay. They're very like different, unique they are. choices. They are. Yeah, Volvo's yeah. doing great things. I love the interiors. Yeah. They're just a different choice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they've got good power. They're fun to drive. I'm wondering if those might strike a chord with you. Very cool. Very cool. One of the big things I want to come back to, Michaela, is yes, have you thought about the bike rack? I love I love the bike inside. I get it. But the bike rack, the trailer hitch bike rack really does free up a lot of space. We're huge fans. Our meetup last year 
a guy came up from Los Angeles and he put a bike rack, single bike rack, <laughs> on the back of his Miata yeah. and came up with, with so his cool. bike. So you can get single bike racks that, that weigh very little. I mean, I've got a big three bike rack for my whole family in the back of our big Cayenne. You can go smaller than that if you just have one, one ra- road race bike that's going to weigh next to nothing. So anyway, now may- maybe I'm being an idiot. Maybe you don't want to put a race bike on the back of a car for some reason. I don't know. But I just I think I think that's an option. So I'm putting it back out there. I have a couple wild cards coming up that, that follow that trend. But I want to talk other things I think you could actually hopefully, again, your bike shopping or sh- car shopping with your bike, hopefully this will help. Uh, I'm thinking hot hatches for you mainly, obviously, because of the stuff you're coming out of. Mm-hmm. But I want to have good dynamics, decent space, and a worthwhile automatic transmission. Mm-hmm. You've liked manual. Okay, I get your commute situation. We've got to change that. I don't know if it's big enough. GLA AMG 45. Used. Ooh, like it. Fantastic car to drive. Oh, you yeah. You would thoroughly enjoy that car. It's the right size for you based on what you're coming out of. You would thoroughly enjoy that car. I don't know if it's big enough inside. So this is where the bike, for the bike goes along. Saying, yeah, this is where the bike goes along. Yeah. Uh, it might be with the seats down, but again, I don't know the size of your bike. I keep, I'm, I'm a broken record right now, but it keeps coming back to my brain. So there is that. I know you can put hitches on those as well, and it's easy. <laughs> she needs to ride her bike to the car dealership and Almost. Then say, this has to fit in a product of yours. Exactly. Go. Exactly. I am shopping, and this is a, is a requirement. <laughs> exactly right. So I did have that. I also thought uh, another one kind of on the fringe, but used 4 Series Grand Coupe. It has a hatch. Oh, you could lay it good. down in there. Yeah. It's good dynamically, and it actually has a hatch. It doesn't have a trunk. You don't have a pass-through. It's got a hatch, True. and they're pretty good dynamically. We even drove the 330, which is the smaller engine, and it still feels remarkably it's quick. It's still fast, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought about that. Huh. Now, that's a significantly bigger car than she's had, and it's a different style. It's not a hatchback. That's, that one's also on the fringe. Right. In this kind of fringe area, used Macan. Ooh, I had a GLA AMG 45. May as well talk about the Macan. That is also in that kind of almost a hatch feel. Are the S's under 40 at this point? Because we don't recommend the four-cylinder Macan. Don't get the four-cylinder. We want four-cylinder. you in the S Don't get the four-cylinder. You, you got to be careful. Are they in I, I think they're. I think we're right about there right now. So Ooh, Michaela, Macan, you could be rocking a Macan. Macan is very cool. Ooh. But then two that – I didn't start with them because I feel like they're the most directly to where you are. And then I'm going to go really weird. <laughs> we never do that. Golf R with a DSG. Yeah, yeah. I like your GTI. See if you can get a Golf R, though. Maybe a six-month-old Golf R. That, that's going to be genuinely fun, and the DSG for all of your commuting is going to be excellent. Good space in the back of a GTI. I think that's probably the best platform of hot hatch to f- completely fit your bike with only one wheel off. I think that GTI is probably the best one for space. And also this, the Veloster Turbo. Not the N, mm. because you need the dual clutch. They have a dual mm. clutch from Hyundai in there. Veloster Turbo. That is a fun little car. It is a quirky little car. But once you drop the back seats, there's a surprising amount. of. There's not much vertical space in that hatch, but there's a lot of horizontal space in that hatch. And that's why I think you may be able to get your bike in there, too. And, of course, you can throw the back seats up. People can actually sit back there, too. I mean, you and me and Chance, all over six-footers, all sat in that car with gear. Yeah, for okay? sure. So I think the Veloster Turbo is a real option with the DCT. And that's going to be, if you wanted to, if I wanted to get you as close as I can to the feel of your Mini, but in automatic, sure, sure. with that kind of snortiness, I say Veloster. Hmm. So that's why that's there. Like it. Two wild cards, and I went wild. <clears throat> the Toyota 86 would be very fun and has a very good manual. I mean, a very good automatic. Really? And here's the other thing. That has a surprising amount of space when you drop the back seat and you go in from the trunk. But I'll go you one further, back to where you were. That has two tow hitch mounts 
on the back bumper. And there's a company that makes you, you don't even have to get a hitch. You actually screw bolts into both tow hitch mounts and you have a cross beam and that is designed for a bike rack. Really? You don't have to get a hitch. So you can buy it's, it's like, I don't remember what it is. It's like a hundred or 200 bucks, but it, but you take off the, the covers of both because they're one basically behind each wheel on the rear bumper and you just screw right into both of those and you have a mounting bar that can handle like 200 pounds. You put your bike rack on that. You take the whole assembly off. Hmm. So 86 hmm. and then <clears throat> this, I'm really wild now. Could you fit a bike with one wheel off in the back of a Corvette C7? Oh my gosh. Could you, could you go? Are it's you got kidding a, it's me? It's got a surprisingly big hatch. It does, but. I, uh. But you know what? While you're there, you're in Dallas and I would like you to rock a Corvette C7 with a trailer hitch and a bike on the back. Bring that on. <laughs> I'm in wildcard territory, but there you go. Okay, Michaela, if you do that. We deserve a photo. Well, we all need a photo. Everyone yeah, listening no needs that photo. C7 with a race bike on the back. You're rocking that. I love it. Clearly, you have bike, car, shopping, homework. Yes. You've got some cars to drive. Please keep in mind, you're commuting in this car, whatever it is. We want you to have a cool photo of the thing with the bike rack and the... You know what I mean, but... You've got to enjoy it in the commute too, and it still has yeah, to fit. Yeah, yeah. You know, all your friends. We're, we're shopping. Everything. We're shopping. Stop and go. Automatics. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for writing again. Write to us with your debate, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can get to that. But we've got social media questions to cover. First of all, on Facebook from David Rubio Garcia, he's been watching ever since he caught the disease in 2014. <laughs> Apparently, you're not healed. Yeah, his coworkers tell him on, he's on his sixth car since then. Currently, an 03 Miata and a 2017 Focus ST. I love it. But this is a covercraft question for us. Okay, he put a dash cam on every car. And every car that he gets, mm -hmm. would it become sacrilegious to cut a hole in his Covercraft sunshade to Ouch. make them fit perfectly? Is right now, you know, the sunshade works great, but not it's not flat against the windshield with the dash cam right there. Mm -hmm. I am speaking for Covercraft, uh -oh. but they are uh -oh. our friends. Yikes. And yeah. therefore, at SEMA every year, Covercraft does a custom build. Mm -hmm, it is a mm -hmm. fully customized yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever that is. They've told us what it is this year, but we cannot reveal that yet until yeah. they reveal at SEMA. But last year, they had a Corvette, mm -hmm. and they had, uh, in prior years, they've had a bunch of different things mm -hmm. built by local builders that they yeah. know, yeah, yeah. and they're all about promoting the builder and promoting customization mm -hmm. and then you know tied into Covercraft. So I'm going to say on their behalf, since they're already into customization, you have permission. You have free reign to customize your Covercraft sunshade to make it fit. Make it work for you. Yeah. I think yeah. they would fully be condoning that. You're going to have to measure, you know, so it's not, oh, the hole's at half an inch too far. And then you, you know, cut more of the, you know, yeah. make sure it fits well. But that's what they're all about is customization. Yeah. And make it work for you. So absolutely customize your heart's content. I say go for You've it. You've got to make a good seam there, though, because they have really nice seams on they them do. the factory. They do. They do. You want to make sure it's positioned so it's not, you know, cutting through that. The other thought I had is, and it, it depends on how it fits on your car. And actually, you know what? It's not about the Covercraft thing. It's about your – this is going to sound weird. It's about how good are your car's sunshades that flip down because that's what you use to help hold the sun the sun right. uh, screen from Covercraft right. in your windshield. And for the Lancer, for example, it never sits flush. It doesn't matter what I do. They're because sort of floppy. those sunshades aren't strong enough to push it all the way up against the glass. So my question is, how much extra heat are you getting because it's two or three inches off your windshield? Does it matter? Well, that's true. That's true. You know, if it sits there and, and your your dash cam keeps it a little bit back, but it's still covering the windshield, what, what's the thing that is the worst amount of sunlight in? The fact that it's not against the windshield or the fact that you don't have a hole to fit your dash cam? I don't know the answer. Sure. But I think that's a question. Sure, I hear you. 
All right. What are the questions you find here? Uh, Allison Mack asked about the Driveline app, and I want to connect that up to a different question that she was asking on Facebook from Big Fat Flip on Instagram. He asked about Salt Lake driving roads. So let me connect the dots here. Oh, yeah. Good. He's going to be in Salt Lake for work, and he's got an extra day to just go drive. Do we have any road recommendations? And I say, yes, there are many great roads. And one of the reasons I did the Driveline app and actually marked the road you and I did the past week or so is because it hadn't already been marked. Yeah. A lot of stuff in this yeah. area has already been marked on the driveline app i think you could use that because the great thing is once you're local and there's tons of them i could list them off but once you're local you can find one and go oh this is the drive distance and you hit drive it it'll direct you to the start of the drive which will simplify tons of stuff in the wasatch crest mountains here guardsman pass is awesome either the big cottonwood the big or little cottonwood canyon all good but they're on that app which brings me to allison's question which is is that app available for Android? Sadly, not yet. It is an iOS right. app only. Right. They are working for the Android version. Uh, they are aware of the problem. <laughs> they are working on it. But the app, like I said, I used it for the first time this past weekend. It was very easy. I'm sorry for Android users that it isn't available yet, but we have talked with them about it, and they are in, at work on it. So that will happen. So that brings me back to the Salt Lake Driving Roads question. If you're on Android, send me an email. I'll get you some roads. There's a question from Ryan Stamp on Facebook. Why can't I stop lusting over a Porsche 914? They seem mm-hmm. to be fairly priced and old enough that he could work on it with his son. He blames Bring a Trailer, but he also blames us, our season four yeah, episode, yeah. for his new obsession. The only issue is that his wife may kill him if he borrows against his life insurance. Don't do that. They're cheap enough. <laughs> They're cheap. We They're just cheap, discussed cheap. 914s at the top of the yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. for Jared. So, yes, they are under ten grand. I do think it's a great idea. And if it brings you and he together on a project... What's the problem? I think she would condone that all day long. By the way, that particular 914 is also given a walk around on the Griot's Garage channel Mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. YouTube where Nick goes into it even more in depth about the paint, the engine, the build. Ryan, it's going to hurt even more. Yeah, you may not want to watch that, actually. Some of the footage used from our TV episode is in that piece, Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact. So go to their YouTube channel. They've got great stuff on there, and Nick is great. He's hilarious on there. So he goes even in more in-depth about that car, which is a special car, and I can't stop thinking about it myself. Yes, I know. I've heard. But, uh, yeah, I'd love a chance to buy that thing someday. But, uh, yeah, I I say go for it, and I, I happily, any whether it's a 914 or whether it's some other car, but if it's bringing you and he together and you get a chance to go on drives together mm-hmm, and you're mm-hmm. going to car shows and cars and coffees and, you know, you're working on it, I think they're cheap enough where you're not going to lose money. Let's say you give it a year, mm. you can probably mm. get out of it for the same money you put in it. Probably about. Except for all the stuff you're going to do to it. But Except you know for I mean. the things you spent on it. That is yeah, an you know interesting point. I mean. yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Terhe Gronus on Instagram has an interesting conundrum. (laughs) His local dealer has 2018 still new Buick Regal Tour X. That is the Buick Regal Wagon. $13,000 off the original MSRP of 41K. I am not good at math, but that brought that car down into the 20s. Hmm. He's saying uh, it's fully loaded. It has everything. What am I missing? Oh, he said, oh, and by the way, while we're here, 0% financing for 72 months. Dare, hey, if you like Free this car, money. if you like this car, why are you still listening and you're not at the dealer right now? <laughs> turn this off and, or turn around or whatever you need to do. Go, go, right. go. Because here's the thing. That is, that is such a niche car. I love that Buick built it. Wagons are a tough sell, period. Wagons, like sports cars, are for a specific mm-hmm. buyer. They are one of the very rare, genuine wagons out there. I love that they built it. It's got a nice interior. I do not think that car is a, wow, what a great enthusiast drive, but it is a great wagon. Yeah. yeah. So if that interests you and you have that kind of deal looking at you, 
go get that card. My only question is how long has it been sitting and does it need anything because it's been sitting and not driven while sitting there new? Sure. Hopefully not that long. I mean, they've been out over a year. But but yeah, I'm curious. Parth H on Instagram says, why do Subaru WRX STI and BMW M3 folks think their beat up, not clean title, rust bucket, highly modified and high mileage car is gold? They're always selling for a ridiculous, unrealistic price and write in the description, please don't waste my time. I know what's worth. He says, why is this when they're, you know, 200,000 miles and 50,000 on an engine is not worth what they're asking? We, we in general agree, but again, it's what the market will support. Mm-hmm. If genuinely they're getting that kind of money, you know, whatever it is they're asking and they're getting for those cars, it's hard to argue against that because, yeah, there's always the, the buying resources and then you estimate for parts and that kind of thing. And you think, well, that's not worth anywhere near mm-hmm. that much. It's up to them. If they're dreaming, have at it. But yeah. you can also go in and say, look, I'm willing to give you this much. I want to work with you if that's something you want. Because, you know, generally you're not going to get out of a car for all the parts you put into it. You're not going to get that money back out of it. That's the problem. It's hard to convince somebody of that, though. That's the problem. Is If you've had a car that you have put blood, blood, sweat, and tears and budget into for years, and you've got, I've got 20 grand in parts in this car, and therefore I'm offering, you know, 50% more than the normal market value. Stop. You're mm-hmm. not going to get, you're mm-hmm. not going to get that money out ever. Generally in the used car market, the cars that are tuned generally sell for less than the ones that aren't. Yeah. That's the other, yeah. that's the, the sad reality. I did a bunch of stuff to this and it's now worth less than the guy that's selling an exact same one that's still stock, especially that's in rough. enthusiast cars. So that, that I think is the key problem. When, when we, and I'm including myself, when you live with a car for a while and you love it and you know the stuff you've spent to keep it uh, good or spent to make it quote unquote more awesome, <laughs> you believe that that money is actually sitting there in the value of the car and it isn't. It's not just those kind of owners. I think all owners that have done that to their cars, this is the genuine struggle. And it comes down to what you're saying, Paul. What will they actually be able to sell it for? If you can show examples of this stuff is moving at this value, you can't bring bring a trailer. Anything other than that, right? That's then the- I think you can have a genuine discussion of, I want to give you what people are genuinely selling these for. Are you interested or not? You could always say, hey, I... You know, I'll call you in six months because it'll probably still be for sale. So what do you think? Can I call you in six months and make a better offer? Ouch. Be careful. I, that I mean, person may not want to take your call. That's thin ice. Yeah. I, I realize you're dancing if, on thin if ice. they're still available in six months, the last person they want to hear say, gotcha, is you. <laughs> I yeah. know. I know. But, you know, hopefully you can get something you really want. Anyway, we've got to run. Guys, thanks a million for all your questions. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.